Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava, and today is Thursday, April 21st, 2022. It has been a pretty good day so far. Uh, busy, 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 busy. So I ended up getting up a little bit later today than I would have liked to. And that kind of goes back to being disciplined, something that I struggle with. And I think a lot of us struggle with uh, when you're trying to get going and trying to get up in the day, especially if you don't have somewhere you absolutely need to be. And so I got up a little bit later today, ended up getting to work. Well, getting like starting work as soon as I got up, though, and got after it, ended up getting a lot of the things knocked out that I needed to for the beginning portion of the day. And then things were pretty slow throughout the day. We had a couple releases, a couple drops throughout the day, but not anything too substantial and really just prepping up for tomorrow. So let's kind of jump into it a little bit and talk about the day and some of the things that I saw and maybe recap it a little bit. So got up and worked on some bookkeeping stuff. And I noticed as I was looking through that, I had on my to-do list some stuff about looking at cash flow. And so as I started to go through that, I realized that there were some issues on my eBay account that I was looking at. And if you don't know, eBay allows buyers to file cases against you if something goes wrong. So if an item's not delivered, they'll say, hey, an item never got delivered. And you say, hey, uh, I'm sorry about that. Can you, I'll look up the tracking number. And if it shows that it's been delivered, well, the buyer has to file a case and basically say, hey, this wasn't delivered. And then you go back and you say, hey, it was delivered. And it goes back and forth. And then eBay, if it shows that it was delivered on the tracking, then eBay usually sides with the seller. So sort of stuff like that. Well, I had some weird cases. I think last year I had somebody file a case from Puerto Rico. They said their item never arrived. I ended up refunding them, but somehow it stuck on my account. And then there was another item I shipped in November of last year that had not arrived and I refunded the buyer, but somehow that case had stuck on my account. I guess I didn't refund them fast enough. And there was another case that for an item that hadn't been delivered that eBay said was my fault, even though when I had talked to the people, when I called in, they, they said, hey, you'll be fine. Just let the buyer file a case and you'll be all right. So three separate things here that kind of happened that weren't necessarily my fault, but it is my business. So I'll take the blame on it. And the other day I had a fourth item that had, I had an item that had been returned. And the policy is you have to accept the return if you do free returns, evaluate it, and then refund the buyer within two days. I had a lot of stuff going on last week. My girlfriend was home. Her grandfather passed away. It was Easter. So just the weekend was swamped. And I remember I got the item back like Friday afternoon as I was going out the door. So I chucked it in the garage and thought, hey, when I get back, I'll look at this. Well, Sunday night came along and I completely forgot about it. And the buyer messaged me. I said, hey, I'm going to be getting back. I've been dealing with like a funeral and it's Easter. Like, let me get back and, and refund this and, and you'll be good to go. Well, they immediately filed a case after that. So not really sure what kind of happened on their end or what they were thinking, but they filed a case and I lost it because I hadn't refunded them. So it was my fourth uh, thing that was kind of on my eBay account. Once you hit a certain threshold, I think the threshold is at 0.3% of all of your transactions. If, if 0.3 of those end up in a defect, you lose your top rated seller status and you actually go to below standard. And so once I saw that, I kind of like freaked out for a little bit because I thought, this is bad. This is this is the sort of thing that causes you to get in trouble with eBay. And so I checked it today. It showed that I was below standard. It showed that I'd lose my top rated seller status and kind of that whole thing. So that's kind of a bummer. I am going to need to kind of bring my sales up to either get rid of that. But I called eBay. I talked to them. They said, hey, we'll file an appeal for this. So maybe you can get it removed from your account. If you can, you'll be good. If not, you'll drop to below standard. You'll lose your top rated seller 
privileges for a couple of months. I think I'll lose them sometime in May whenever it like recognizes it as me having dropped below standard. And then I'll get them back in June because it takes about a month for them to do the reevaluation or whatever. So that sucks. Not something I wanted to have happen. I talked to the woman. She was very nice. She said, your account looks good and healthy. It doesn't look like you have anything weird. The one thing I did ask her about is spikes in sales. And she said, well, I said, is there a possibility if you have a spike in sales that you can have your account looked at or suspended for having a random spike? And she said, that's not something that would typically happen, but eBay does have a habit of if your payments get held because they want to do some investigation or look into it, they may reach out and say, hey, can we have some documentation? Can we have some invoices? So make sure you're keeping that, guys, because you want to have your stuff as documented as possible. I keep all that stuff. I have emails with it all in it. I've, I've hired a VA that does, who's gone through a lot of those emails and pulled out the invoices and stuff for that. So I have that information, but it's just something that kind of shocked me a little bit because this is eBay we're talking about. This isn't Amazon. Amazon requires the invoice. It's not eBay. And so I think that we're seeing a little bit of changes happening here with eBay and Pure Hustle Podcast. I was just listening to them today. They talked about how eBay does seem like it's changing a little bit. And I I agree. I mean, obviously sales drop in the spring and things happen like that, but it seems a little bit different. It seems like eBay is becoming more like a regular company. Before, it seemed kind of like they were uh, kind of like a ragtag group that allows you to kind of get away with some things or like it just didn't seem like the standards were well defined not that any of us were trying to skirt them it's just like it seemed like there was kind of differing standards for differing sellers and there was just like it was very unclear and it was hard to kind of get to understand that now it seems like they're almost becoming more like uh more like an amazon in the way that they operate which is probably good for ebay and if you hold ebay stock it's probably something that you like to see when the company starts acting uh, more organized and more well behaved. That's not financial advice. That's just like as somebody who owns a company, you'd want to see them performing in a way that a company should act. And, and that's how Amazon does. And if eBay is becoming more like them from a structure standpoint, you would kind of be happy to see them operating more like a, a well-run business. But it is a little bit weird because like I said, we've never expected to get invoicing requests from eBay saying, hey, we want to see the invoice for when you purchase this item or we want to see that's not something that's normal for us. But the thing is, once you start to do a lot of sales, if you start to sell high end items, I do believe that eBay kind of takes a closer look at that and thinks, hey, is there is there a chance that this is any of this is fraudulent? So they're doing their due diligence as they should to check in and say, hey, do you have invoices for these? And if you don't, well, that's when things could get a little bit hairy. And that's something I covered a couple podcasts ago when I talked about what happened to the daily refinement store. So you can catch that if you go back, I think it was like episode 525. You can look at that and I just cover that a little bit. But that's what I was thinking about today. So it caused me to really sit down and think about the way I run my store and how I want to do things going forward and really where I see the direction of reselling going. Because for myself, I think that retail arbitrage is sometimes difficult and that's fine. But the way I started looking at it today and maybe you differ in opinion, but this is kind of the way that I'm viewing it right now. I think that retail arbitrage and thrifting and things like that are very good and very great ways to get started. I think that that's kind of the way to go. And when I say retail arbitrage, I mean like when you're buying random things at a Walmart and you may not get like a standard invoice for it you're doing like maybe one or two or three of an item but I think that those sorts of things are really good to get you started I think you can build up some capital I think that you can really learn the ins and outs of eBay of Amazon but once you really start to get into it 
I do believe it's tough to keep doing retail arbitrage. And the reason for that is companies don't like when you're selling their product at a higher amount than they are being charged on the regular store floor. And so Amazon kind of, you, you sign all these agreements. And I believe that one of them is something like, you know, I have invoices for all these sorts of things. And if you're just going to Walmart and buying them off the shelf, you don't have invoices from the actual manufacturer saying that, hey, I'm authorized to sell this. So, or hey, this is like an authorized purchase by the manufacturer. So that sort of thing is a little bit weird. And, and Amazon can can sometimes crack down on sellers and say, hey, we want an invoice for this. And if you just provide them a Walmart receipt, that may work if they're asking for, is the item authentic? But it may not work if they're asking for, hey, do you have permission to sell this? And so that's something that they crack down on a lot. And if you're doing that a lot, which is mainly what retail arbitragers do that aren't doing it at scale, that aren't buying from places that are known to give invoices, if you're just going to a Walmart or a Target, it's a great way to get started, but it's not maybe the best way to build a sustainable business. Because once you start doing a lot of volume, I do believe that it triggers a kind of a either a light bulb or some sort of like warning in eBay or Amazon where they go, hey, this person's doing a lot of volume. Let's check in with them and make sure that they're not doing anything nefarious. And not that you're doing something nefarious by buying from Walmart and Target, but if you're building a million dollar business off of just buying from these stores, it could get a little bit hairy if eBay or Amazon starts to do some investigation and say, hey, do you have invoices for all these purchases? Do you have authorization? You sold $500,000 worth of goods from uh, this specific brand, do they allow you to sell that? Like, is that something you have clearance to sell? That's not normal for the average person to sell $500,000 of a brand. So did you do that? Like they may start to ask questions. And if you don't have answers or you don't have invoices or you don't have permission, that's when things get tough and you don't want to risk your account health doing that. So that's just something that I'm trying to keep in mind. That's something that I'm thinking about more is sustainability in reselling, sustainability in my business, trying to make sure to limit risk in my business and a lot of people talk about taking risks and how it's good to take risks and all these things yeah it's great to take risks but once you start to run a business you want to mitigate the risks within the business because taking risks for for risk's sake isn't really smart you want to be able to take risks that are calculated that make sense and that say hey this could not work there's a chance this doesn't work but ultimately I think it will work because of these reasons and the risk is really in hey if I if I miscalculated if I did something stupid the risk should not be well you know I think this is this could work so I'm just going to give it a shot and hey take risk it's a business you know uh, scared money don't make money like that's not the way to take risk that's a great way to lose all your money and so the way that I look at it is the smartest people and when I listen to smart people talk about the way that they invest or the way that they run a business they always talk about hey we're trying to mitigate risk we're trying to make calculated decisions they're very very calculated in the way that they go about things and they have a plan and people that aren't making money they don't they talk about how scared money don't make money and like they they're like in a whole different realm saying like well you know you got to do something and take a leap of faith it's like well that's great I, I do believe you should take a leap of faith but I do think you should have something to leap onto I don't think you should just jump and hope that you land like that doesn't make any sense so I, the way that I'm kind of looking at this right now is building a business and building it the right way building it sustainably that is the way to mitigate risk with some of these companies and I think that resellers are great I think that everybody's a reseller that's in retail because you're buying from a company somewhere and you're selling it somewhere else and so in that way you're reselling but doing it in a more wholesome way where the company A that's selling it to you understands they're selling to you and you're probably going to sell it to somebody else and where Amazon and and uh, 
eBay are kind of that outlet, and even Walmart, if you want to sell them there, they're kind of that outlet for you to push it out to there and push it out to customers. If you're doing that the right ways and trying to make sure that you're buying products that you have invoices for and that you know, hey, this is fine, they're all in my name, they're all in my business name, whatever you want to do, if you're doing that and doing that stuff the right way, I think that it's very, very difficult for the platform to come back and say, hey, we don't like what you're doing because you're doing everything right and they wouldn't have any issues with that. So that's what I'm striving to do. That's what I've been looking at a lot. It would require some changes because a lot of things that we buy sometimes are one-offs or random things and you're buying it from Target, you're buying it from Walmart and that's, like I said, a great way to get started. If you're looking to make 100, 200, 1,000 bucks, like go buy stuff from Walmart, Target, flip it, make that money. But eventually you can't, in my opinion, it's much more difficult to build a business around that because you're not having a steady stream of inventory unless you're out there looking. So it's hard to kind of have a supplier that's that's constant. And the other thing is, I mean, you end up doing something like what happened to daily refinement and eBay or Amazon asks you for invoices and all you got are some random Target receipts or Walmart receipts or thrift store receipts. You There's a chance that that couldn't work out for you. So that's just kind of what I'm looking at right now. That's what I've been building on trying to work with. And I think that's going to be evident in my business in the coming weeks and months ahead. But that's just kind of what I've been thinking about a lot. It's kind of a huge change, but something that I'll be looking at a little bit more in depth and, and trying to weigh out and see if it's worth it for me. I figured I'd share it with you. Outside of that, other things today, we had a Best Buy release. We had some consoles come out. We had some graphics cards come out. That was big. A lot of people hit. I didn't hit. And honestly, yesterday I kind of talked about how I'm moving away from that stuff. It's still profitable and I still may sell it on StockX because I think that's a good platform to sell that kind of stuff on where you can't get returns and you will make less money than on eBay, but you don't have to worry about some of the things where they're asking you uh, for invoices and stuff like that if you don't have them or, or things like that. So that's that's kind of what I may do for stuff like that and only if it's super profitable, but ended up not hitting, so that's fine. And now I'm just looking forward to the Yeezy drop tomorrow. The Yeezy Foam Runners, they're coming out in Sulphur and I believe Stone Sage. And I think the Stone Sage colorway just released like last month. So weird for them to do a restock already. Maybe they had some leftover stock. I'm not really sure, but I'm pumped for it. I'm, I'm going to be running that release and trying to get as many pairs as I can because they are super profitable. Like I said yesterday, if you can get some of those pairs, you'll be able to make some good money on them. And I, I'm just, I'm pumped for it because Yeezy drops have been fun. They've been profitable. And it seems like there's a little bit of hype behind them, especially as we run into summer. People are finally going outside. They want to have a cool pair of kicks on. So they put on their their Yeezys. Uh, they put on their Foam Runner, ugly croc looking things. Again, I don't understand them, but they're comfy and people like them. So I'm going to run for them and see how many I can get. Uh, it'll be exciting. So I'm pumped about that. Hopefully that kind of stuff is uh, some stuff that we can all flip and get get a bunch of those. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any questions or anything, you have anything you want to reach out with, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter, but I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.